everybody. Welcome to another AroundTable.ca podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Phil, with my colleagues, Stephen, the Grandmaster of all Grandmasters, Mr. Dino, the Mr. of Two Mountains, and Mr. Johnny, or the whatever. Mystery of Mesh. Or whatever, whatever nickname we have for every show, it will go to Johnny. <laughs> what happened to say Johnny slash Gio? No, my, you such a... Matt, do you want me to call you Gertrude? That's it. <laughs> you could call yourself that. <laughs> I'll love you for it. My, you, me, I don't, at me, hey, oh. Hey, oh. Me, guy. <laughs> All right. Yeah, guy, yeah. Oh, oh. All right, so the topic of this wonderful episode, if you're ready, willing to take the challenge... Is is Hollywood willing to take a risk on original content? I think that um, in general, the consensus by everyone is Hollywood is running out of ideas. Everything is either a remake or a franchise, or if it's new, usually it's a book. Um, so everything is already pre-written essentially, and it's just a matter of adapting it to the movie screen. Um, what is your what are your takes on it? Well, I guess we'll start with Steve. For the most part, I'm going to have to say I agree with you, Phil. I think, you know, um, Hollywood is like everything else now. It has to make money, and it'd rather stick to a safe bet. Um, so they stick to their franchises. Um, or they find something. If it made money in the past, they're hoping it's going to make money now and in the future. Uh, um, for original content, you'll have every once in a while, there'll be an artist um, a director or a writer that'll pull something and that'll get everybody's attention. Um, I think, um, I can't remember his name, but he's the guy who's just doing the new Thor movie. Um, he's a small-time director and he got a big-budget movie. Um, James Gunn, too, from Guardians of the Galaxy. He was a small-time director doing a budget, I think, of a million dollars before Guardians of the Galaxy. So Marvel is seeing that, you know, maybe they can't get original content but maybe they can get a guy with an original idea to take into their already established universe. And that's the way of getting around it. Um, secondly, if you really want something original, you need the big guys from Hollywood, like a Christopher Nolan, a Spielberg, a Francis Ford Coppola, um, you name it, the big guys, uh, James Cameron. These are the only guys left, I think, that have the clout to pull something original and get the financing it, it's a mixed bag i mean either like i said marvel's starting to do it they're starting to bring some of the lower uh, not the lower guys i'm not saying it in talent but i mean like the guys with smaller budget movies into the marvel canon and that's the closest thing we'll get to something like that to to get originality in something that's been established over hundreds of years um or you get someone who's established like a cameron um, a Nolan who can do like look at Christopher Nolan this year for for the summer movies Dan Kirk I mean it's a war movie it's not a superhero movie there's no CGI um, you know if you ran that by any director today going into any studio they're going to say where's the superhero and close the door on the guy but because he's got a track record you know he can get away with it you know so there there is originality it's a fight but there's ways around it. And sometimes, like I said, like Marvel is the one that's kind of playing it 
uh, they're taking a little risk by taking these smaller guys and throwing them into the the big the big boys' shoes, you know. And it's working. Like Guardians of the Galaxy, as superhero movies go, it's the most entertaining. And I think it's for the fact that James Gunn is a good writer, is a good director, but he started off with smaller budget movies. I mean, I think his movie, his movie right before Guardians took 10 days to film and cost a million dollars. I mean, and then he went to $150 million for Guardians, you know? So, I mean, that's the only... It depends on what you mean by originality and by its content. You know, is it the person? Is it the film? Is it the script? You know, there, there's there's many different things we have to look at. And I, I think Hollywood is always going to be now stuck into making money. But there's always going to be someone there that's going to say, you know what, we got this guy. He's kind of like an M. Night Shyamalan. I mean, he was nobody, you know. And then The Sixth Sense came out and he became this big guy. You know, he's like a big gun, you know. Um, it depends. Uh, I'm going to say yes and no. And it, it depends on the situation. There is some. But it's not, I think, the way any of us would like to have it. Next. You know? <laughs> well, I, I think it's more original content. If you look at what's coming out in the last year, I would say the last five years, it's either franchises or superhero movies, pretty much. The original screenplay, in the, it doesn't seem to really exist in the mainstream. And basically, it's because they're a gamble, and I don't think Hollywood is willing to gamble on these uh, new ideas and new scripts. So that's why you see a lot of these, uh, uh, I would say, underground movies, but it's not underground movies. It's, uh, how how would you call them? The um, Indies? Independent movies? Yeah, indies. Yeah, indie movies, where sometimes you, you find them like the... They sound, they look obscure, but they're sometimes better than an actual Hollywood movie. You know, there's a lot more content and a lot more, and it's done and very well done. You know, anyways, that's my take on it. Mister Johnny Geo, Mister. Uh, now I can kiss what, you. Whatever, whatever. The you master want to call of mesh is in the house, boys. Whoop whoop. M and M. Let's go this way. I remember when 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 uh, all these TV shows that turned into this thing were talking about is Hollywood running out of fresh idea, and that was like good two years ago, because from a year ago and, and, and over that it was true, and Dino was right. They just replay, they're just replaying on franchise movies that we've seen rebooted, and this, and this. this year there was a lot of originality. More originality came out, not as as much as I would love to. You have Arrival. That was original idea. This concept was very well done. You have Split. Yeah. That came out like it was very well done. It was almost like an average Hitchcock modern style. This year, I find a lot of movies that came out well more than before, as if Hollywood is trying to trying to wake up. And they're like the, the rival, the Quebec. Uh, yeah. Right. They didn't even know. Now he's doing uh, Blade Runner. Yeah. yeah. You see. And he, this guy was a small-time director. If you want to see original movies, original idea, concept, you have to go to these film festivals. Because big budget, and Stephen's right, these Hollywood, these big budget theaters and all that, they, they, they want sure bet. It's like, we spend $10 million, we'll make, we'll make double back. That's what, how that has to work. 
and originality is good. These film fest, Toronto Film Festival, Aspen. That's where you get all these original ideas because these are low budget movies, and they, they go there with original thinking, very in depth storylines and different things. And some of these movies do hit the big theaters after. Yeah. And this year it did happen with Fence, with uh, Moonlight. Uh, uh, last year was this, uh, Seven Years of Slavery. So I think they're waking up from the way I've been seeing from the from the two years ago to the, this year. They are waking up, and which I like it because it's like when when you see a movie, and to me I, I, I say it's a non-Hollywood movie. It's because the ending is unpredictable. It's more refreshed, more. I love that. And we need more of that than... Like, look, just an example. Guardian of the Galaxy number two, I won't see it. It was the best movie I've ever seen in a sense because the trailer was amazing, but it didn't give away none of the storyline, none of the plot of the movie. That when I went to it, and normally when I see the trailer, I figure out, like, over 80% of what the movie's about. Guardian of the Galaxy got me completely off guard. Like, well, they changed all the concept of the comic books, uh, how the comic book flow goes through it. Like, everything was unpredictable. Everything was unforetold. And that's why I like when I go to the theater and, and I say, okay, surprise me. Then just sitting there, oh, this is going to happen. This is going to happen. So that's what... So sometimes even at Guard of the Galaxy, which people find it funny, it was... You go see the... If you, any of you guys see the trailer, mm-hmm. you go see the movie... Flabbergasted how it completely takes you to a right turn right away, and, and it comes an entertaining movie to watch, and that's why I like. Same thing with Split and Arrival. Those those are movies that are, I sat down and was ah, I just I just listened to the movie and I stopped follow stop listening to my brain where my goal because it got me, and that's what we need more of. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Yeah, I I listening to you, um, you're kind of changing my mind a little bit. Um, I was more on leaning on the no aspect of it because it's a kind of a fine line, right? So is Hollywood willing to take a risk on new content or are they running out of ideas? I don't think they're running out of ideas. I think there's more than enough content around the world to make an entertaining two-hour movie on any topic. Uh, whatever that could be. Um, yes, there's there's creativity out there. Um, I thought the turn, personally, was going to be a, about two, three years ago. Um, with I, I don't know if you guys remember, but at one point they wanted to reboot Mortal Kombat. And the way that they did that is they wanted to have a series of vignettes for each character. And they did two seasons of those online. Um, on YouTube and on, I think it was called uh, Mortal Kombat Legacy. And it was all vignettes, roughly around 10 to 15 minutes. And the goal of that was to create a movie. Now, the goal initially was to have funding made by by the public. So it would be a fan, fan-made fan movie, uh, big budget, bigger budget movie, but it would have been a budget. And that's a cool concept. You build, you have an online audience, you build it, and then you make a movie. It didn't work out that way, um, and but I thought that that was that was kind of going to be the way of the future in a sense that they're 
they wanted to, if you wanted to get away from the mold, you have to really go away from the mold and not make a Hollywood movie and do it on your own. Um, either in TV or in movies, you're always going to have those reboots, remakes, whatever the case may be. There's That's always going to happen. It's happened for the last hundred years. It's always going to happen. But sometimes it's a little, it seems lazy. Um, so... You know, making a reboot just because of a reboot, like Chips, for example. Um, I, I mentioned that in, in a previous podcast. Um, um, MacGyver. They rebooted MacGyver. Without, like, it's great. It's, 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 no, it's, it's okay, I guess. But it doesn't, I don't think they fleshed, they thought about a lot of the things about the show. It, it seems there's missing something. Um, so I think it's, it's one of those things where there is original content out there and you are right. There are some movies out there that are original, but it kind of depends also where you're looking at. If you're looking at comedies, there's not that many comedies out there. Um, hmm. and the ones that are coming out are not great. Um, the last one that I laughed that came out and I say, I can say that I laughed uh, was the one with uh, Amy Schumer, um, Trainwreck. That was the last one where I was surprised when I watched it. I thought it was going to be a stupid comedy, and it actually made me laugh. Uh, other, All the other ones that I've watched, either uh, the one with The Rock and uh, Kevin Hart. Uh, um, Central Intelligence. Yeah, Central Intelligence. Yeah, okay. it, had, it had its moments. It's okay. But it's not great. Uh, Adam Sandler yeah. just checked out like fifty me- years, years ago. ago. Um, he he's forgot. Like Eddie, he's like Eddie Murphy. He's like Eddie Murphy. He's checked out. No, Eddie Murphy is only good in cartoons. Yeah, but I remember when he had good movies. I remember he, look if you take Forty Eight Hours, Beverly Hills Cop, yes. and Trading Places. Those are classics. I mean, those yeah, were like the funniest things bad. ever. Yeah, and the thing about what are those? What are those kind of movies? The only time that actually, to be honest, with Eddie Murphy, I know that he doesn't want to do any stand-up or anything. Um, on PBS, from all places, there was the Mark Twain Awards, and he won a Lifetime Achievement Award there. And at the end, he had to give an acceptance speech. Speech, And there was a glimpse, just a little bit of, of hope, that there was still comedy in him on stage. He he actually did a bit of a it wasn't it was a thank you but it was like a, a bit of a monologue he went on Bill Cosby and stuff like that and he he he, he did a few one liners and you saw a glimpse of what he used to something happened to him I'm not saying that every movie that he did had a great script hence Pluto Nash um, <laughs> let's let's what be honest um, but even comedies like no if you look at Netflix the majority of comedies are stand ups. Yeah. It's not comedy movies. If you want to watch watch a com- classic comedy, uh, if you want to watch a comedy that makes you laugh, you kind of have to look at the repertoire and look at classic movies. You know, you have to go back to Animal House and uh, go see, you know, Austin. Porkies. The, first, the Porkies or the first Austin Powers or there's no, you know, and, and, and the thing about comedies is that they're making money. Like right now, you have Amy Schumer and Goldie Hawn. Yeah. Now, on, now, yeah. So on paper, it sounds like a dream team, right? Goldie Hawn was yeah. amazing yeah. in her heyday, 
and Amy Schumer, although I think she's losing a bit of steam, is still pretty hot right now. Looking at the reviews, it's a lackluster movie. But people are going to go watch it. Why? Because there's no comedies out there. If yeah. you want something lighthearted, there's nothing out there to actually, you know. So do I think they're taking a risk? No. So even them, they're going for the Kevin Hart's, the Amy Schumer's. or But let's remember some of the most classic movies. It's from com comics that you never expected to be funny. Um, you know, Animal House, right? It's kind of, you looked at it initially and you're like, ah, oh, it's going to be a stupid movie. It's one of the funniest movies of all time. Caddyshack, same thing. Yeah. You know, a, lot, a bunch of unknowns in that movie. Um, and it oh, ended yeah. up being a, a really, it was a really popular cult hit. Um, you can't, it's, I think that at least for comedy, they kind of dropped the ball on it. I think they're not putting as much emphasis on comedy. Well I find, Philip, you know, if you ever notice that comedy right now, the best comedies, you know what it is? Cartoons. Uh, what's it called? Uh, yeah. The Spook yeah. Me. Uh, Inside, what's it called? Inside Out? No. Yeah, 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 Inside Out. Inside Out. Then the other one, what's called? The Minions. Yeah. I, I laughed more on these movies, and even Garden of the Galaxy was funny like crazy. And then when you see a real comedy, like, real comedy, you're right about a lot of comedy movies. They, it, you just chuckle. It's nothing. It's for me. It's like it's made for TV. It's not made for the theater no more. These comedies. Like I find they're not spending as much money on movies as people in cartoons. But but it's also com animated. comedies have changed because we have to be politically correct. Correct. Yeah. That's I mean, true. you know, I mean, you can't make fun of anybody or any kind of you know ethnicity or something like that. I mean, you can't. You can't do that anymore. Uh, you know, I mean, watching Delirious from from Eddie Murphy. Have there will be a you can't you you can't do that anymore. You can't. Or Andrew Dice Clay. You can't. You cannot do you know what? this anymore. The, the last the last comedian that broke taboos was George Carlin. He's yeah. the last comedian that uh, to be honest, I, I was actually um, I'm reading a book by him now. Uh, well, not by him, but. Um, it's uh, it's about him uh, called Seven Dirty Words, and um, it's it's um, he was going about a bit on how, you know because you know Richard Pryor was kind of from, from the same you know, class funny. class of comedians that graduated roughly around the same time right they all came up at the same time those outsider comedians that try to break the mold and whatever and he went on a whole. He went on a bit, I think it's uh, one of his stand-ups, I think it's mid-80s, uh, about, you know, the N-word. And even now, I'm not saying it, because, I don't know, <laughs> the backlash. Um, but he goes on this whole thing about the N-word, and he actually talks about Eddie Murphy and Richard Pryor. If you look, if you look at any comedian now, other than George Carlin, because he set a precedent, and it was his type of style of comedy, a lot of the comedy... Um, is very it's false confrontational like it's um, they'll it, it, even sometimes it'll be like some kind somewhat controversial but it's not really it's kind of like just yeah it's whatever going after Trump you know yeah. or going like that even Amy Schumer which in theory she's the female version of a light version of Andrew Dice Clay dirty dirty 
comedy. Yeah. Um, and, and, and it's kind of waning a bit. Her, I, I personally wasn't a fan of her last stand-up on Netflix. I think it's leather or something, something leather. Um, it's not, it, it was okay. I did laugh at a few parts, but it wasn't great. Um, so it's one of those things where it is true. Comedy, you can't say, you can't be as controversial as you want it to be. And a lot of times comedy, the whole point of comedy was to push the envelope. And there's not the few, there's very few comedians that are pushing the envelope, and one of them actually this week or last week was uh, Colbert uh, when he did a joke about uh, Trump and Putin, and he got a bunch of backlash. People wanted him fired uh, because of his incident, but it was a joke. It wasn't yeah, it was maybe a little bit, but it's late night TV. It's not as if like it's you know four year olds are listening to this. Um, but it's the type of environment that we're in now. We're in a PC world where you can't step on anybody's toes. You can't say anything controversial. If it's something that's remotely racist um, or maybe taking racist, it can be joked about. Um, and it's reflective, like Stephen said, it's reflective in movies as well. So the comedy, what do you, what do you have left after not pushing the envelope? You have slapstick with the Jim Carrey's of this world with Ace Ventura. Um, which is already 20 odd years ago. Well, exactly. So, you know, the, the slapstick comedy, the last slapstick comedy, you had that, you had the mask that came out. Dumb and after. Dumber. Dumb and Dumber 2 was horrible. Yes. Big time. Cause they tried again. It's one of those things where they tried to recapture the magic of the first one. And they failed miserably. Yes. Um, there's no comedian that's really slapstick anymore. Melissa no. McCarthy is a bit slapstick. Um, yeah, she has her own way, but she's she's a good comedic actress, but she's not slapstick. Yeah. Well, she has a little bit of slapstick. Yeah, yeah. She, yeah you know, Dino's right. A little bit. There's a little bit in her. Well, she has like she's amazing on SNL when she does her her Spicer imitation. But even you see, you see her this week? She was going her because she's hosting Saturday Night Live. So as a promotion, she was going down yeah. down <laughs> the street on her dressed up in character and uh, with the stall in front of her, and she's just going down the street yelling at people. <laughs> yeah, it was amazing. Um. But she also did a Kia commercial about saving the whales and the rhino. Yes, yes. It's hilarious on that part. So, in, well, so go getting back on on the topic. I guess I must have gone a little bit on a for co comedy. Yes, yeah. you did. Yes, um, for comedy, I think that they're they're willing to take a little bit less of a risk, uh, taking a risk like an Eddie Murphy back in the day or a Pryor or. Um, uh, John Belushi um, is going to be rare. Um, you really have to make your mark uh, before you actually get a big movie. Um, uh, for, in terms of action, I think they've, they're starting to make a turn. I think they're reinventing themselves. What uh, we spoke about in our last podcast about uh, Atomic Blonde, which is like a John Wick. And we were talking about how John Wick was kind of like the start of um, the start of a new era of action movies. Um, that's I think for that they're starting to think outside the box again. 
it was a different movie, a different style of movie. Um, it, it, no, it's good. You're going to have a bunch of copycats. It's probably going to be a trend for five, six years. But at least it was something new. Um, every time there's something new that's revolutionary or not even revolutionary, but that's remarkably refreshing, it'll make money. Um, and then, then they capitalize that and kill it. Yeah. The, look, case in, point, reason, right? case, case in point, you had Star Wars, the original trilogy. They didn't touch it for years. Forget the remasters with the extra footage, which they ruined the movies with. Um, they, the original three movies, they were classics on their own. They were in people's minds. They even got re-released twice in the theaters. That's amazing. Then they came out with the prequels. And although they were not great, they made a ton of money. And now Disney is taking everything that's franchise of Star Wars and they're making a whole franchise out of it that's releasing a movie every year, uh, continuation for life. Of, you know, for, for a long time. So, you know, uh, studios are there to make money. I think we can all agree that to that. Yeah. And they're going to go for the, mo the, the money, where the money is. You know, if they're not going to take risks, risks are not going to be their big, you know, their big forte. Where are you going to find the, 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 the secret, this, the, the, the under the under the radar type of movies or the it's in on the independent circuit, you know the Kevin Smiths of this world where they come out with, you know Jay and Silent Bob and and, and stuff like that and it becomes called hits and oops they're on a different playing field. Even yeah, though Philip, yeah. sorry to interrupt you, but look at Star Wars Rogue One. Yeah, it was a gutsy movie because it was unpredictable. It was a real unpredictable Star Wars movie. Everybody dies at the end, give or take. So but, that one, you have to say it. Well, it was kind of risky with that movie. Well, not really, because you kind of you kind of knew it was the prequel to four, episode four. Yeah, they could have survived. Not really, because nobody survived. <laughs> Starting, there's only one left, and it's Luke Skywalker. There's no, like, they, well, there's they, it, there's him, and and uh, there's a few that stayed that they, remained, but in general, the majority of the Jedi's died. So it's it was kind of the thing is, it wasn't a bad movie by any means. But, I mean, again, it's one of those franchises where they're always going to compare it to the original. And the, the original, in their own right, are masterpieces on a lot of levels. It's a great, it, it was great storytelling. It was great graphics for the time. It was revolutionary for the time. It was, a, if you watch it again, it's, it's the originals, with Dark Vader, it was a kind of like a B-movie science fiction movie. Because if you look at the laser fighting I mean, there you have stormtroopers trying to kill Luke Skywalker. Yeah, but that was, it's yeah, 30 that, years ago, man. It's yeah, 30 years ago. But it was made to be, like, not too personal serious. It was supposed to be more like a bit of a light it was, it was Of course, that's it. But the only thing with Rogue One, which I thought it did, um, it actually made, for the first time in Star Wars history, prequel is not a dirty word. Yeah. Sure. You know, I think the first episode one, two, three, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, give or take. Um, Cha -cha -bing. Um, I, I like them, but there are, it is a difficult watch. Rogue One kind of brought that back saying, you know what, we can do prequels and it can be done well. And yeah. I think that one I'll, I'll give I'll give them for it, you know. Yeah, I agree. All right. So consensus 
I think that uh, Hollywood is always going to go for the money, but creativity is still alive and well, and there are going to be movies, and we see that they're starting to turn around on a lot of stuff. Um, but there's still going to be those those times where, um, where, sh where you know, there's still going to be remakes and reboots and copycats of, of older movies. The, the thing about the thing about the, the the question that I always ask myself usually for a movie to see if it's original can I compare it to anything else in the past um, sometimes there's a movie that comes along which is maybe once in a generation that you can say you know what on its own it's wicked there's nothing there's never been anything like this like interstellar it's one of those movies where you're looking at it um, I had to watch it a couple of times in order to fully grasp it, but it's like space meets to Twilight Zone. <laughs> um, yeah, but too much Twilight. It doesn't matter. It was original. I, yeah. it, it was something that was different, and it made the audience think. You think. walked out of if you went to see it at the movies the first time, you walked out going, "What the hell did I just watch?" No, because I watched it in the theater, I remember, and I find it was the most stupidest movie of Twilight I've ever seen in my whole life, because how can this guy go in a Twilight world and all of a sudden he's in a library and he knows how the book is on the other side and it goes to Earth? See, for me, for example, like like Twilight movie, like I would say was better than that, it was Arrival. It made sense. It goes back and forth. The future is the past, the past is the future, and what you're seeing is not what you think you're seeing. Arrival was more perfectly better done than Interstellar. Okay. Interstellar was a lot of mistakes, like that. From like, and, and trust me, the reason I don't remember all the parts because I'm trying to forget it. Because for me, it was the biggest letdown in my whole life because it was, it was a stupid. Because Twilight, don't forget, there was always a new show every week, right? Yeah. Well, that was one to me. The, the, the Interstellar was one of the move, one of the show. I'm like, damn, I shouldn't have, I shouldn't have watched it. That that was my opinion of that movie. It admit it. Admit it. You don't remember it because you were drunk. I wish I was drunk. <laughs> I will forget the title. Um. Yeah. So I think I'll. I think our conversation is done. I think yep. that uh, we've concluded. That's. Um, I think that there's going to be better things in the future, and uh, we're always going to have to deal with the the stuff that keeps repeating and that's repetitive or non-imaginative. All right, everyone, thanks for listening to us. Um, I don't know how you like my voice, but I know I love the voice the voices of of my colleagues. Um, you can you can let, uh, follow us on Twitter at aroundtable.ca uh, with two R's A R R. Uh, you can watch. Uh, you can uh, follow us on Facebook, or like us on Facebook, at Roundtable.ca. Also, go to our websites for your weekly reviews, um, www.aroundtable.ca, and uh, talk to you guys next week. Have a good one, guys. Ciao. Take care. Ciao. Ciao. Bye.